you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. We are live and direct from the refuge yes. of Eastern North Carolina. We are here with Sammy Hudson, who is the executive director of the refuge. And, man, we thought it would be so cool for us to be able to have a sit down with you, especially as we kick off uh, this apologetics camp this time around. We were here a year ago. And we didn't get to really like sit down and talk with you on air, have our listeners <laughs> hear your testimony, hear how you came into this position, like how you began mm. this work or you were part yeah. of the, the groundwork of building this ministry here. And I thought it was so important for us to be able to do that. One, because after meeting you and your wife, Desta, last year and just experiencing how genuine you guys are and, and seeing how much you really love these kids, mm. I thought, okay, Everybody needs to hear that. Like everybody needs. Yeah. And I think there's something different that when you see it. Right. But everybody needs to hear your testimony, hear how the Lord called you to this work. So I want to do that, Sammy. I want to start off by, um, first of all, letting our listeners know what it is that we're doing here. Um, this is this is summer camp. Summer and it's summer camp. It's, it's yes. summer. Summer. It's <laughs> a little like, warm. He made summer all camp, summer all caps, camp. right? He's like, it's summer <laughs> camp. Um, but I, let me say this, though. It's not as bad as it has been. Everybody's aware oh, of the man. weather and everybody's aware of what we've experienced in this country, the extreme temperatures yes. and the extreme, I, I would say, weather conditions, but it's not as bad. And I feel like it's been nice. I'm not just saying that because Sammy's sitting across from me. And look, I'm going to tell you, Sammy did something with the mayflies. I don't Sammy, know what did. Sammy, what did you do? He uh, said he was going to try noticed. something. I noticed. You got rid of them. Like, what did you do? I don't know if you got rid of them. I mean, it's, there are a few, but it's not like last time. It it's was like, like Liam Neeson. He, he has something. a certain set of skills. Yeah. What, <laughs> look, after last year, we decided we were going to do a little study in, on these mayflies. And so we figured out a way to, to zap them. They only have a four-day life cycle. So if we could ah. knock them out in those four days then we can knock them out for good. And so we've knocked them back. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Now, now, look, okay, hey. <laughs> I'm excited because, you know, they, they, like, go all up in your nose and your mouth. Like, they, they go everywhere, right? Yes. But at the same time, I feel a little bit sad for them. They only have four days, and we've taken them out of the four days. Hey. That's, that's all right. Yeah, you got to choose. You got to decide. It's better for all of us if they're not God here. God gave us dominion over them. That's, man, that's exactly right. All right. <laughs> Use the Bible hey. against us. Sammy, would you tell our listeners um, a little bit bit about yourself you are the executive director of the refuge but i think your testimony is so powerful the lord called you to this work there were things that you were doing uh before this and the lord just called you to ministry yeah so i was well first of all out of college i was a golf professional for uh, about a year and a half and um just personally wasn't quite satisfied with with where god had had me, had me during those times and so um I, I worked as a youth pastor for a little while. I accepted Christ when I was 12. So I knew, I knew Jesus, but I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled mm. in, in that calling. I knew there was something greater. Mm. And, uh, but while I was a youth pastor, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who said, um, hold, are you sitting down? I have a question for you. I said, sure. She said, well, I've been praying for 14 years for this. 
I want to know if you would be interested in helping us start a camp for kids who could never afford to go to camp for one, but, um, but secondly, we want them to, to make sure that the Bible remains at the center of what mm. you do. Amen. And I'm like, I'm in. First of all, <laughs> if somebody calls you and says they've been praying for 14 years for something, you listen. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. <laughs> so we began to, to pray over wow. the next five years and look for property to build a camp and never found the right place until I got a phone call one day from a guy who had no clue we'd been praying for all this time and said, I need to share something with you. I said, okay. He said, you don't really know me, but I need you to meet me out at my house. So we came out to this place and he drove us out into this wilderness, what seemed like, <laughs> and through these briars and trees back to this beautiful creek. And he said, I need um, you to read something. So he gave me this envelope with these 10 pages in it. And he said, um, read this. And it was a vision for a camp. I said, I said, what is this about? <laughs> and, and he said, well, 10 years ago, God laid on my heart that I'm supposed to give this land away to build a camp. Would you and your wife <laughs> develop it? I love God. And I was like, Man. You, do you even have a clue what we've been going through over the past little while? But the crazy part about it is our, our chairman of our board had already sent our papers after five years to dissolve our nonprofit mm -hmm. because we hadn't found land. Mm. So I called him. I said, hey, did you send those papers in to the government? And he said, I did, um, but they sent them back to me <laughs> because I forgot to put my nonprofit status beside my name. He was kind of ticked off that they had sent the papers back to him. And I said, don't send those papers back in. Like God is doing something. And I think God has just provided what we've been looking for. Mm. And uh, so, um, but then I had to go talk to my wife, you know, <laughs> like, okay, Dustin, what do you think about this? And she said, and I had all these reasons why we shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, like, you know, this is, there's nothing out there. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's a bunch of mayflies. <laughs> and, and, and then my wife said, well, did God, is God calling you to this? Hmm. And I'm like, I think he is. Hmm. And she said, then we have to do it. Hmm. And the, the only answer she needed to know was that God was doing the asking. Everything else didn't matter. And right. I had all these human reasons in my humanness to say, you know, God, this is way more than I can do. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how to build a camp. I learned to play golf. That's what I was supposed to be doing as, as a living. And now you want me to build a camp in the middle of nowhere. Now, this is what, and you did that. You actually worked in the professional yes. golfing arena. Is that yep. how you even, I don't even know how you say it, but that, that's what you were doing. <laughs> that so, was my, yep. So I would imagine that for you, that was seen as a calling. As a Christian, you are working in this particular um, industry, in this area, right? Yep. And you would see this as ministry. Like you're, you're still a Christian. You are carrying Christ with you as you go. And then also, this is how you're like making a living. Yes. This is how you're providing for your family. Yeah. So this is a place for miracles because we stepped away from a job that we had very good income. Mm-hmm. And we stepped out and we built this house, we call it a little house on the prairie, mm -hmm. out beside a camp that didn't exist yet. Mm. And uh, within the first few months, uh, I got a phone call from a doctor who said, um, are you sitting down? Um, we know your wife had been feeling good. We did some tests and she has thyroid cancer. Mm. And we're like, okay, God, why, what in the world here? Wow. Like, mm. how, why would you bring us out here in the middle of nowhere for us to fall flat on our face? Because we left a job with good security with good health benefits wow. and now we're standing in the middle of uh, of this place with a home that nobody would buy because we're not in a neighborhood anywhere we're out in the mm. middle of nowhere why would you do this and um 
the cool thing is God has not only led us through that in a way that my wife is cancer free. Praise God. Um, but cash started showing up in our mailbox <laughs> in envelopes with no handwritten nothing, just cash in envelopes down a road that was nobody knew even existed. You'd have to intentionally be coming to this place. Right. We still don't know who or why people came to our mailbox to put cash in it. Um, and we're in a different county than we used to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's God does what God does, and Amen. we can't even comprehend. Amen. But it's... Um, He's provided for this place in ways we don't understand wow. for weeks like this. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that lives can be changed mm. for eternity because my life was changed for eternity at a camp. My mm. life, my wife's life was changed for eternity at a camp. So we get it. We believe here that a week of camp can change your life. Mm. And um, especially when it's surrounded by the truth of the gospel. Amen. 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 So, so this was back, was this in 2007? I th- yes. This is, uh, okay. So that's, the genesis of Camp Refuge. That's correct. All right. And so then as, as time goes on, you start, you're here and you guys experience a crisis, but you see the Lord's faithfulness through that. How does the camp start to grow from that place? Like how do you start to have cabins and like these right. areas for water? And, and how does all of that happen? Right. So I went around and started asking people for all this money, right? Yeah. And people laughed at me. <laughs> That's the first lesson <laughs> I learned. Is that, okay, this is kind of crazy. Um, but we came up with this crazy idea of, of moving these old houses out here. And when I say old, like when they first get here, they look like they should be torn down. Mm. Um, but we started asking churches if they would adopt a piece of it. So I went to church and said, will you redo the front porch on this house? Then I went to another church. Will you redo the back porch? And then another church, I would say, will you redo the hallway floors? And then another church, the electric grid, another church, the plumbing. And the first house, we had 12 churches adopted, all in all, each doing their part. Yeah. And so it kind of takes us back to Nehemiah a little bit, yeah. saying, you know, look, you don't have to do the whole thing. If you could just do your part, at the end That's of the right. day, we're going to have an incredible house here. And so that was the first house at the front of the camp, the, the Luke house. And um, we did that house for $17 a square foot at the end of the day. And so wow. for those of you who are construction people, that just doesn't even make sense. It's <laughs> no, like right. a, a miracle story in itself. Yeah. Um, and so because we didn't have any money and, and people were looking at us like, I can't believe you would move your family out in the middle of nowhere to start this place that doesn't exist in 2007 to yeah. 2008 when nobody had oh anything goodness. to give That's right. to support a nonprofit. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't even made that connection. Right. Like the when economies. you think about the dates and you think about what was happening yeah. in 2007, 2008, and right. everyone would be familiar with that period of suffering for many right. people. But you and your wife, you guys at the time, do you have two daughters at the time? We had two at the time. They were very young. Yeah. Um, so they were probably uh, six and two, somewhere around that area. So they've basically grown up on the camp site here, yeah. here on the campground. <laughs> That's today. right. So you've got churches that adopt these homes. By the way, and, and help me if I'm if I'm wrong about this. There's a house that's here that I don't remember seeing last year. Is that a new yes. house? Is that what we're talking about when we talk about how they look when they get here? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a, the house was built about 1898. Wow. And, uh, and that's the best house we've ever gotten, by the way. Really? Oh, it my is, goodness. Yes. Okay. Because oh, wow. I was driving by. Okay. And I was like, I think that's a new house. Yes. Now, having not seen the houses that we see here that have been redone, I didn't know that they come here looking like that. Right. And that's the by far the best house we've ever gotten structurally. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sammy, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. So let me give you an idea. So the house we're sitting in is the Moses house. Yes. And 
all of the families get appraisals because they get a, a tax write-off because they donate a house to a nonprofit. Sure. Mm-hmm. So the house that we're seeing right now appraised for $4,600, the whole house. <laughs> wow. When, that's how much the family got back for it was oh, uh, in a tax benefit. And uh, when, the, when they came out and reevaluated this house, the reevaluation was $154,000. Man, because, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Absolutely. so it's kind of cool. It's, it's, and I don't know where the money comes from. And that's the cool thing. Like, if we were to ask somebody, would you build us a $154,000 cottage or or home out here at the refuge, they'd be like, you're crazy. Like, um, but when you bring these old houses out here, something happens. People want to be a part. They don't mind taking a broken board and putting a new one in its place. Yeah. Mm. But uh, a church isn't going to come out and build something brand new because they may not have those skills uh, to do that. But these houses to us represent the people that we serve. Yes. So they're torn down, they're hurting, they're broken, and the world kind of gives up on them. They're abandoned mm. when we see them sitting on the side of the road. Right. But we take them off of an old foundation, and we bring it here, and we put it on a new foundation. Oh, man, this is so good. And it takes on new purpose mm. and new life. The old creation becomes new again. Yeah. And, um, and so piece by piece, we restore it, and it becomes even more valuable than it was when it was originally done. Mm. Um, and now it gets kids in it every day. The gospel is shared in these houses, each one, yeah. as the kids are in them all the time. And so... Uh, they see these houses becoming new, but for us, we see kids coming out here that are hurting, that are broken, who are on an old foundation and need to be placed on a new foundation. Oh man, and this give is a new incredible. life. So it's kind of cool. Oh, this is incredible. I just want to wow. say to our listeners, if you follow us on our Facebook page, we're going to take a picture of the house that was not here last year. So we'll post that on the page. Uh, <laughs> I want to say, Lord willing. But really what I mean is internet willing. Like if the internet lets us do it. <laughs> Amen. Then we, we will post it on the Facebook page and then we'll, we'll post um, a few of the houses that have been redone just so that our, our listeners have an opportunity to see that because it's absolutely incredible. It's amazing. And the illustration that you just used here, this picture that you just painted yes. really strikes at my heart, Sammy, mm-hmm. because I'm thinking like, you know, when I see that new house, that house that I didn't see last year, I, in my mind, think, oh my goodness, it because I don't have a point of reference, right? But I think like, oh my goodness, that is really bad. It's gonna take a lot of work. That's gonna take a lot of work. Yeah, as do we. As do we. Yes. Amen, man, it's so good. Okay, so what I wanna do when we get back on the other side of the break is I wanna talk about how long this process is for um, redoing these homes. And then I wanna talk about the kids who have flooded through camp over the last several years and what you've seen happen in their life. Also wanna talk about the importance of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, the message that the Lord consistently burdens your heart with. Uh, we'll do that when we get back. Sammy Hudson is our guest. We're at the North Car- Eastern North Carolina Refuge. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Ain't never wrong. Last I checked, America was better off. 
with Martin Luther King and Coretta Must Standing there, do something White brain, man, do something Every time we stop moving They find a way to remove something Every time we get lax, man They kick back, you know that we lose something That's how they got our prayer body They school systems That's how they got the commandment side of that courthouse Word of God, it got forced out Voice of God, it got tossed out Supreme Court, it's like a team sport Pass a law to avoid a child Keep the 1% happy, the other 99 is in the Poor house. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sammy Hudson, the executive director of the Refuge of Eastern North Carolina, is with us. And we are just talking about the mission and the vision of this incredible land that the Lord has entrusted to you um, to oversee and to direct. And then also talking about the miracles, like what God has done in his uh, provision for how you guys are growing out here. Yeah. One of the things I was curious about, uh, Sammy, was that when you guys get these homes, and like I, I just can't stop referring to the new one that I saw because I remember that there was not a home on that particular piece of the land. I remember going around and seeing the things that you guys are working on. Didn't remember seeing that house. I'm convicted about what I thought when I was like, oh man, like that's a really, really old house. Well, right. It is. And not recognizing <laughs> that potential. that's the kind of work that you guys show up for. Like, yeah, we, we, we can do something with that, being able to see that. So that's even that illustration is very convicting for me. But I'm wondering the process, like how long will it take to turn that house into like the house that we're sitting in now, the Moses house? Uh, typically, it takes about a year and a half to two years to kind of flip a house around because most of the work that we use are volunteers. Um, so it's a little difficult for us because we want to have a camp that sleep, sleeps 150 people now. Mm. Um, but knowing that we have these houses that we're moving out, and it takes a while to get them to where they're usable um, in, in a safe way. Uh, so when you say new house, uh, uh, people might be picturing, hey, there's this new house out there at the camp. It's a house that you would see on the side of the road with vines growing over it yes. and, and holes in the roof yes, and, and holes in the floors where people walk in. Yes. Um, but... It takes a little while to get them up and running. About a year and a half is typically what it takes. And okay. so when you're done with that property, how many campers will that sleep? That house will sleep 30. We'll sleep awesome. 30 campers. Right now, how many campers can you house on the campground? Right now, we can sleep 88. 88 campers. And That's so right. you'll add 30. Is What's the ultimate goal? Like how many campers at one time would you like to have here yeah. at <laughs> the refuge? The, the vision from when we, when we first started was about 250 campers or 250 beds. And so that equates to about 170, 180 campers with staff in place. Um, but the, the vision is so much bigger. and It's always been bigger than what we can see. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've learned over time that you can't limit your vision to the resources that you see. Um, because so often we, we just say, well, we just can't do that. And we, we just stop and it never gets done. But we just keep walking and God keeps providing. We've never had a single day of debt here. Wow. We don't owe anything. And we won't because we decided early on that we were, we're going to wait. And God provides. I mean, I, I, I hear, you know, I've heard AFR for so long. And, you know, Pastor Don, when he started that incredible ministry, there weren't a whole lot of resources from what I understand. That's right. That's exactly right. And so, but it didn't keep him from walking. Yeah. And so God provides as we just keep walking, but we have to keep walking. Amen. And, um, and I've been told, hey, you're, this is crazy what you're trying to do. Um, it doesn't make sense. There's not enough kids in this region to serve but i'm looking around this week and i see kids from other states yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's it's, right it's not about a region it's about 
Um, it's about going out with the truth. If you have the message that is that God desires for you to put out there, He's going to place the people in front of you to hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we're just excited that God has allowed us and considers us worthy yeah. enough to be in this place to do this kind of ministry. He, he provides everything else. We don't have to worry about that. That's yeah. it. That's His thing. Now, even your time uh, doing doing the golf thing and, and learning about courses and stuff like that, that has also help in navigating these grounds, right? Yeah. So um, I get picked on all the time, but my summer staff comes out back in the wintertime and the grass is still green. And they're like, no, the grass really is greener at the refuge. <laughs> um, but, but it does mean a lot. You know, when you go on a golf course, you, you see things well manicured, you see them taken care of. Mm-hmm. And um, we're a camp out in the middle of nowhere. But we want when people walk on the property to feel like, wow, this is really taken care of. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and we don't want to do it halfway. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to do it, Let's do it right, and, and we'll wait for God to provide the resources for us to do it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so it's it's fun. It is fun to come out. I, every now and then, I get caught out mowing the grass, and, <laughs> and more, is it, that's not what you're supposed to, supposed to be doing as the executive director. I'm like, I just need some quiet time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just give me this piece. So tell me when you when you're out and um, you're talking about you know the the maintenance of the property, it requires a staff. So you've yes. got a team of people here. Tell us about some of the people who help to make this camp what it is yeah so we've been super blessed over the years and the people that have been here have been here for a long time so starting with our, our facility director chris elks he has been here for 10 years um he knows how to fix anything and so what a blessing that is to have people mm. that are kind of a jack that is trade. a blessing yes you know because that's not me right i, I mean I, I know how to I, I love to share with folks and be out in front of folks and cast vision mm. um but when it comes to taking care of a facility like this um i'm i'm just not that skilled at those type things but God has provided the people that are. Um, I will do anything to stay away from a spreadsheet. <laughs> and, um, and yet God provides people like Terry yeah. um, and people like Lindsay and people like Jacob uh, that are full-time with us to do those things. But the biggest asset that I have here is my wife. Yeah. Oh. And so she, you know, she's the one who's willing to walk into it with me. That's right. And, uh, and we say take risk, but it's not a risk when you follow Jesus. Amen. Um, Amen. In, a, in the sense of there are worldly risks. The world's going to come at you. But I have a wife who's willing to walk into those things. And it's the greatest helpmate, the greatest support and prayer warrior that I could have. And she's yeah. not going to be out in front of people showing all those things and flashing, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. look what I'm doing. But she's she is a bedrock for me. Yeah. And so those are the things that um, I, this place would not be here if we were not together doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so apart, this place would not be here. Yeah. You know, wow. one of the things that stood out to me last year, and I, I talked about this, uh, I may have mentioned it on air, but I've, I've talked about it repeatedly uh, just among my friends. And uh, it was one of the nights that we had one of our, I think it was one of our last um, ministry moments. And it was one of those hard moments where you've got to talk about identity and you've got to talk about human sexuality mm-hmm. and we know where our kids are struggling. We know what they're going yeah. through. And it's one of those really difficult moments. But Sammy, one of the things that really stood out to me in that moment was um, seeing you. Um, we were in, is it the Orchard House? Yes. Okay, which is where like the, the I don't know, where the, the messages are presented, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we're there. And I, the reason I hesitate to say where the ministry happens is because that's not true. Ministry happens all around the campground. Like yes. as we were out today, I was out with my little three and we're looking under the pavilion. We're looking over here near the lake and, and, and all of this stuff. And, and ministry is happening everywhere you look. Yes. And so I don't want to say where the ministry happens because that's just not accurate. But 
where the presentations take place, I guess you would say. Um, yeah. And I looked out and I happened to be presenting at that moment. It was really tough. Like it was really difficult because you can tell that these kids have been told something that's not true about who they are yep. and they've believed it. And so you're like really kind of trying to chisel away at that lie, right? Yep. And it's hard and I felt it. And I looked out and you were standing between, um, there are two bathrooms in this, in this house. And you were standing between the walls and, and Sammy, I, it's just like seared in my brain, your hands on those walls. Cause as kids were getting up and just very uncomfortable. I mean, they're just going into the bathroom, but you know, they're not going into the bathroom. It's just right. sort of, I just need to get out of here. Like yep. I can't handle what I can't process what I'm hearing. And you were interceding for them, like interceding for them. And you talk about, even though you're the executive director, um, but that's the background activity, right? Yeah. That that's the coal in the furnace that no one sees underground, right? Yeah. And I think of that as the motivation for like what you're doing. And I'm, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that because you and Destin, the work that you guys are doing here, yes, you're telling people about what you're doing, but you're also serving in the background and doing the work that people would not be aware of. Yeah, um, this, this place is, fights a battle that we can't see. And it's, there are obvious things that we can see, but the times we spend fighting the, the, the spiritual forces in the world that we deal with, interceding, praying for people. Um, before we started this week, our whole staff went out over every house, over every facility, by twos to pray over everything that's here, but not just to pray for God's provision, but I said, look, we need to go out and you just need to, to let Satan know who's in charge here. Mm. Um, and because he does not desire for us to do what we're doing. There's, there's no doubt. Um, so we have to recognize that there's a battle. Yeah. Um, and we also have to recognize that these kids are facing things that they don't want to face. Right. And, um, and when they're come face to face with those, it's not like, unlike us either. I mean, we don't want to face some of the things that we have to face in life with who we are with the reality that we were sinners and um, and still deal with those things and have to, to stand before a God that's holy. But when all of a sudden you realize you've been lied to all these years and these kids are like, well, now I see that that was a lie. It's hard because you realize you've been living a fallacy. And, um, and so we love being that place where kids can come to terms with there's a God. Amen. And there's a God who loves them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and is ready to transform them from this, like this broken house into something that is brand new. Yes, yes. And so they get excited about that too. And so they get excited about the hope. And then when they walk out of here, it's, it's pretty incredible. I'll never forget the time where a kid came um, at the end of the week. Um, and we didn't know his full story, but he came up to one of our counselors and he said, will you be my dad? Oh. And... Mm. Yeah, so the hard part about that is, one, you have to recognize that the kid didn't have a dad. Right. Um, and this, this child was in a foster situation, um, bounced around home to home, was living in a group home, mm. and was just like, I, I just want a place to belong. And the cool thing is that we can introduce them to a father that's never going to walk out the door. Mm. And so that's, there's a hope here. You know, our mission is simple, is to share and model the hope of Jesus. That's our mission statement. Everything we do falls under that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do a lot of different things, but that's the foundation. Yeah. And so um, whether it's through sports activities or mission weeks or serving children um, in, in different ways, that's our foundation. But we have a lot of different kids that come here. But that, we have, like this week, there's uh, a, probably a fifth of the students that are here this week are foster children. Mm. So when you have a situation like that, 
you're not your starting point is the gospel and it's the yes. reality that God is but you recognize even at trying to to present that as the starting point you are still kind of like trudging through all of the stuff that would serve as a block to that like that yes. there's a there's an almost like an impediment to that that you've got to overcome how do you equip your counselors so you've got some amazing camp counselors here by the way um you've got a counselor this year uh named grace mm-hmm. who walked up to me and said hey it's nice to meet you i want you to know we have been praying for you guys like yep. we have been, <laughs> we we have been to the house that you're going to stay in and we've been praying and she goes because we recognize mm. that the battle is going to be uh there mm-hmm. when you guys are presenting and and i thought whoa man like most people just say hey nice yeah. to meet you that was my experience too with uh with wesley yeah, yeah he, he said you know man we heard a lot about y'all we've been praying so yeah, well, I awesome. think right up front, we, we prepare them that this is a different place. Yeah. And we recruit like all the other camps. We go to the universities, you know, whether it be to Liberty University. Um, we go to some of the state schools uh, here around uh, North Carolina. But uh, the biggest thing is they need to understand when they walk into the refuge, it's a different place. And we start right up front by sharing with them that for this summer, regardless of what you've been through or been going through, we want you to be set apart. And we're going to be praying for you as a leadership team, and we're going to be walking through life with you. But we want you to know that while you're here, you're free to follow Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And now because of the world that we live in, people don't oftentimes feel that freedom. They feel like they, they have to live up to an image or live up to a persona that's been created by the world that we live in. And, and so what we realize is they get excited to live in the freedom of Christ yes. in a place where it's comfortable to do that. Yes. And so, um, so when this place and it's named the refuge for a reason mm-hmm. is, it's that place for them. So when, when they sense that they can become that for the children and these are, you know, they have to have a testimony when they come here to be on staff here. We have to know they have a walking relationship with Jesus, That's good. Mm-hmm. not a perfect relationship with Jesus, right? but we want to know that they want to and desire to grow mm-hmm. yeah. in their faith. And so that's kind of the fir- up front to be on staff here. And so we have a pretty strenuous, um, uh, uh, application for them to fill out before they they come on on our team but we're six weeks in now so mm-hmm. these campers um both grace and wesley the ones that you're talking about there this is their first summer ever being a camp counselor oh wow and um and oh, so wow. but but they're six weeks in now and they're having that freedom to realize you know what this is real like we can pray for people and we get excited about it and we're we, we want to do that because we see the difference that it's making yeah mm-hmm. Um, in their lives, in the lives of the team around them, and also in the lives of the children when they spend a week with us and they walk out the door on the other side. Yeah. Um, they see kids that come in with a hard shell on and walk out with a malleable heart, yes. with a new heart that's, that's now right. soft and yeah. not stone anymore. Yes. What have you learned over the years? So you go back to 2007 yeah. and you've seen, do you, by the way, do you have like a rough number of how many campers have come through the refuge? Have you, have you thought about that, kind of computing that? Yeah, so over the last couple of years, um, we've dramatically increased that. Last year, we had about 23,000 people come through the camp. Just um, last year? Last year. Wow. Um, during the summertime, it's a little different. Um, but with everything that we have going on through the year, um, we had about 23,000 people walk through the camp through the programs that we offer. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, just thinking over the years, we're thinking about thousands of kids that you guys have touched their lives. Yeah. For the glory of God to advance and build his kingdom. Yeah. Okay, so we're coming to a break here. On the other side of the break, 
I want to hear about what you've learned over the years. You go into it and you're like, okay, we don't really know, but God has called us. What have you learned and yep. um, what encourages you, kind of keeps you going? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Stay right there. the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. Um, we're at summer camp, and so you're here with us. Welcome. <laughs> you're listening in the comfort of your car where you've got some AC blowing, and we're listening, we or we're AC broadcasting. Blowing. We have some AC blowing. Yeah, Look, let me just tell you, okay? I, I'd like to cry that it's hot, but it's it's really comfortable well, in the Moses house. <laughs> it's hot outside, uh, but the campers are out there. <laughs> right now we're in the Moses house, okay? Yes. Um, anyway, welcome back to the program. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And our brother Sammy Hudson is with us. He's the executive director of The Refuge. And we're just talking about the goodness of God and talking about what the Lord's done, mm-hmm. what he's entrusted to you. And I was curious to know over the years, you know, your um, desire to serve children and to present to them the truth. And, and just amazing. Our listeners will have to go back and hear the first segment of, of the broadcast to be able to appreciate how the Lord brought all of this together. But what are the things that you've learned over the years as you have hosted children, you and your wife, as you guys have served families? Um, what are some things that you go, man, yeah, that was a good lesson there? Um, I think the, there's several big lessons. One is that I make mistakes, and a lot of them. <laughs> um, and, and I don't oftentimes really know what I'm doing um, in regards to building a camp. <laughs> but that doesn't make it okay not to walk into God's plan come on man and so so if it's a calling and god is doing the calling he's going to provide even though you don't really know what the heck you're doing (laughs) because i have a lot of those days and um and that's okay um and so i sometimes i have to laugh at my laugh at myself but to be honest um i've learned that i don't have to be anxious even when i am Mm-hmm. Um, that God's going to provide when when we have a vision that's bigger than what we see, mm-hmm. and and we we start walking and we get nervous and I get anxious and my wife's like, "Calm down, this isn't your place." Mm. And I'm like, that's, "Okay, that's real." Um, oh, I, that's so good. And, yeah. I, I, and I've learned that my wife has a lot of wisdom. Yeah, and I don't often listen to it enough. Mm. <laughs> um, and so there's just, there's there's a lot there, but. I've learned very very early on that there are people surrounding me that really care mm-hmm. about me, one, mm-hmm. and that's been a good lesson for me to learn, um, that they don't just care about whether the camp succeeds, but they genuinely care about me that's and good. want the best for me. Mm-hmm. And to be able to surround yourself with those kind of people is important, and to be that kind of person to someone else, to genuinely care mm-hmm. about the welfare of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so God has provided those people for me yeah. uh, not to walk alone. First yeah. my wife, but then others as well. But I've, I've really learned, um, there's, there's one word that keeps coming back, is this thought that I'm inadequate. And that's what I've really learned over the years is that I really am when it comes to the refuge. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, God is adequate. Amen. The question is, am I in the one? Who is adequate? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And so, it's kind of a play on words there. Process that, right? Inadequate. Am mm, I in, in the, the one, one who is adequate? Yes. Yeah. Hey, I like that a lot. Okay, so, but go ahead. Yeah. So I've just learned that that relying on his wisdom is a lot better than what I 
could ever come up with. Amen. And, um, and I don't have to have all the answers to follow Jesus. Amen. Um, or build a camp. Yeah. Mm. Um, the, he didn't ask me to have all the answers. He asked me to be obedient. Yeah. And, um, and some days that's not easy either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've tried to learn to be more transparent over the years about what that looks like, that I don't have to have it all figured out. And, and being a, a man who wants to lead well, um, you kind of feel like you have to have the answers all the time. And, um, and it's okay just to not, to rest in the fact that I don't have all those answers. Wow. No, that's real. That's big. We were, um, I'm sorry, were you going to follow up? No, I, I wanted to hear just from uh, his time here, you know, just some of those stories, some of those things that has happened. But before we get to that, if you have something. That, yeah, you know, no, that's that's good. That's good. I, I did have one question is based off something that you said uh, just a little bit ago. You talked about um, being surrounded by people who, you know, they, they do want to see the camp succeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just real quick. And then I want to go to some real time stories of what the Lord's done here over the years. Uh, what does success mean for the refuge? Like when you say, see the camp succeed, what is that? What is success? Well, the refuge is a tool at the end of the day. Um, success isn't whether we build a, a great camp facility or um, have a place where, you know, tens of thousands of people come through. Success is whether we are honoring what God has called us to do here. Mm-hmm. And so God is going to use it in the way he wants to use it, right. not even necessarily in the way that I think it should be used mm-hmm. um, if we give it to him. Mm-hmm. And so success is resting that this is God's place. And we are caretakers for a little while. Of, of we, we are stewards of this place. And mm-hmm. God's going to continue to provide. We have vision and that we, vision that we have not even seen come to fruition yet. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it's God's place. And so success is just letting God do what God does. Amen. Yeah, that's good. I, I just want to ask you, you know, what does that look like, giving it to him? Because the thing is, you know, I've had things that I've been uh, placed over, and it's easy to be, to get to a point where you're like, mine. Yeah. You know, like what, for you and the, and the refuge, what does that look like, giving it to yeah, him? Well, first, <laughs> have you ever learned a lesson the hard way? Yes. Um, so when you fail enough, you recognize, and, and, and God pulls you out of things, you recognize, okay, Lord, I, I just remember this isn't really my place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it's through those hard lessons that you learn that, okay, God, I get it now. Mm. This really is yours, and forgive me mm. for trying to hold on to something that is, was never mine to begin with. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's kind of like when we try to look, search for this land for five years, and we sent in the papers to dissolve our nonprofit. We gave up. God picked up and turned it around. So the idea is that what we thought was ours to pursue, God waited till we said, you know what? We can't do it, God. Mm. And then he said, I'm going to, now I'm provide what you need, but you had to first understand this isn't yours. Yeah. And so learning lessons the hard way. That's one of quite a few. Yeah. Um, But over, over the years, I've had my toes stepped on enough by the world to recognize, okay, God, I, it's not mine. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll continue to do that. I stump my toe all the time in different <laughs> ways because um, I'm human and I, and I love to chase after vision. But God slows me down when he needs to slow me down. And what I've had to learn how to do is appreciate the times he's slowed things down. Yeah. Instead of thinking, why aren't things moving in a direction faster than they are? And, um, and I don't appreciate the time that he's given me to slow down with my family, with uh, my personal well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things that I need to learn to do better still. And I'm 50 years old this year. So, um, you know, what a great year that is. Um, but I feel like I'm still 
25 years old chasing after a vision that God put on my heart yesterday. (laughs) Tell me about some of the miracles over the years. Like, tell me about some of the things that you just step back and you're like, oh man, the goodness of God. So here's a really cool one. Um, So this house that we're sitting in, uh, when we first got it, it was just just this terrible looking house. Um, And it was barely being held up. And so... uh, me and a friend of mine were under the house putting in a beam under it to secure the house underneath and we couldn't lift it it was getting late in the day it was this huge i-beam that we had built and we were trying to figure out how to put it under the house to secure the floor so that we wouldn't fall through it mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and it, we couldn't do it so all of a sudden we looked out from under this two-foot crawl space underneath the house and these tires roll up and this is huge diesel black truck and, and i'm like oh my gosh who's out here because there was nothing here yet <laughs> and we were in the middle of nowhere it's this dirt road out in the middle of nowhere and, and all of a sudden, this, I look out from the house, and all I see is these really nice cowboy boots and black jeans. And this is, this is crazy. So I crawl out from the house, and I look up, and I notice there's a guy standing there with, like, a sombrero on. <laughs> He'd gotten out of this big, like, three, F-350 truck diesel, and he has a sombrero on and these tassels like a mariachi singer. Stop. Right? I, this is crazy. <laughs> and so I'm, like, dusty and dirty. I get up from the house. I say, hello. And he has, has broken English, and he starts talking to me, you know, and he says, what is this place? And I was like, um, uh, well, we're, you know, trying to build, redo a house here. It's a camp. And, and I start just trying to explain to him what's going on. And he says, what are you doing? And I says, we're trying to secure this house. And, and he, as he begins to talk to me, I share the vision. He starts reaching in his truck and pulling out coveralls to cover his, like, dress, boots, and clothes. And he says, show me beam. Wow. And he, walk, he goes with us. We crawl in his house. And he lifts this beam up on his back while we nail this beam up underneath this house that we're sitting in right now and he gets out and very broken english and he says um thank you thank you god brought me here wow and he left and i'm just sitting there like i don't even know what to say or how to respond (laughs) and i'm like i'm like we've never seen this fellow again don't i don't plan to see him again all i know is that god brought out somebody that we needed um who had a hard time speaking the same language that we did was super a uh, finely dressed guy. Um, looked like he had it all together. Wouldn't we didn't expect lo- him to get under the house for he, you. He crawled under this house, and he was a pretty well-built guy, kind of like Will, you know, just a strong, <laughs> well-built guy. And I'm like, all right, this is Lord brought out who we needed to do what we needed when we needed it. And, um, and time and time again, that's happened. Wow. Um, and one more quick one, the treehouse that we have, uh, that's our craft hut now, was built last year. And, yes. we, and so it's a really cool building. But um, during the COVID, we didn't have anybody coming through camp because everything was shut down. Yeah. And this couple drove into camp one day and they said, um, we wanted to come make a donation, but we couldn't find who to do that with. I said, well, great. I'd love to show you around. So we showed them around the camp uh, during COVID and they gave us an envelope that had $800 in it. Mm. And I'm like, wow, this, thank you so much. <laughs> and she said, but for the vision that you just shared, you're going to need a lot more. <laughs> and I said, well, it's a big vision. She says, well, we'll be back. I was like, okay. So three days later, she came back and she gave us two envelopes with $5,000 in each envelope. And she says, this is, um, we would like to sew this into your ministry. Mm. I'm like, I was kind of blown away. And it was, it was like an all cash gift. I'm like, okay, well, we're not quite used to that. <laughs> and um, um, she said, well, what are you going to do with it? And I says, well, we have this vision for a treehouse 
that kids can come and they have small groups in and uh, and it's a place for Bible studies, but it's also a place for crafts during the summer. But we need a slide to go out the back of it for the kids because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's co- it's cool to walk up the stairs, but it's a lot funner to go do a slide yeah. out back. Yeah. And she says, oh, that sounds really cool. Let me know how much it's going to cost. I'm like, okay. So we got a cost uh, estimate for it. And I, I called her back and I said, um, it's going to be about $53,000. And, and she was like, well, give me a minute. And she said, we're going to take care of that. They wow. came back out with a brown paper bag and it had this cash Stop. in this. Uh, okay, this is crazy. Stop. It had cash in this brown paper. And I said, now i got to figure out what in the world to do with this because, like, red flags are going to go off everywhere. Right, like, you can't just walk into a place and be <laughs> like, oh, like and, yeah, and I said, yeah. I said, all right. So, and she said, well, um, a couple months ago, my brother passed away. Mm-hmm. And he found his worth in life from seeing how much money he could make. And I said, and he must have done pretty well. And she said, we don't have to worry about money anymore. Mm-hmm. And this was an 80-year-old couple. And they said, but when we went and cleaned out his house. This is the money that we found in his sock drawer. Wow. And we didn't know what to do with it. But he didn't live a life that honored God. And we want his finances that he'd given to, to me to honor God. Oh. And so my, my thought in this is, as I walk through life, you know, I'm like, God is going to provide in ways you never expect. You just never know when God is going to empty out a sock drawer <laughs> into your ministry. Mm. And, um, and so uh, we just walk, and God provides the way that God wants to provide. I've asked a lot of people to support this place um, because I believe in what God is doing here. Yeah. Um, not even in my ability, but I believe in the God that we serve. Yeah. And God never usually provides in those ways. He always provides in ways that Sammy can never get glory. Oh, mm, come on, man. And God always gets glory. Where's my organ? My goodness, so, Sammy, mm, mm, you're just preaching mm, mm. sermon after sermon after sermon. Oh, I, I, <laughs> wow. Man. It's, this is so convicting, right? Because this is the life of the believer. Amen. Amen. This Amen. is the life of the believer. This, this, and, and, and even I would say this, I think even our reaction to what you're saying, <laughs> like, Whoa, whoa, right. you know, almost kind of speaks to a little bit of like a dullness in that, man, we should expect God mm-hmm. to do these things. We yep, should amen. say, but of course, okay, you, you want to build a ministry <laughs> yeah. center. The Lord's put yeah. this on your heart. Then this comes from the Lord. He's going to provide for you. We should He's expect that, right? Amen. Right. Amen. amen. And, and, <sighs> but that takes time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I still have those anxious feelings when, when things aren't flowing the way we think they should. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes my wife reminds me, but. We still serve the same God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's that, she's the Holy Spirit whisper in my ear sometimes mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that I need um, yeah, could, yeah. because I, I do put more pressure on myself often than I need to. Yeah. And, um, and I need that, uh, that gentle ear of assurance from a bride who says, you know what? God's got this. Amen. And, Amen. Um, and so because he uses her to support me Amen. in ways that no other person on the earth could. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is just a side note, but what you're talking about right now is textbook helper. Yes. I'll make a suitable helper. I mean, this is textbook, and that, that word in the Old Testament, that Hebrew word is strong, vital aid. It's necessary aid. It's not just yep. someone to like, you know, hey, you want me to go cook you a meal? I mean, that, that can be a wonderful part of it, right? Like, right. I enjoy cooking meals, but to be a helper, to be strong, vital aid is so important. You're describing uh, Desta in that way. Let's talk about the kids. Yeah. Because one of the aims that you have here is to provide camp for kids that in other circumstances. Oh, is that the music? Are we done with the yeah, program? Man. There's no way. music. I can't <laughs> <I> believe. believe. <laughs> in other contexts, it might be cost prohibitive. You're going to have to tell me in 30 seconds. 
the yeah. burden that you have on your heart to have kids come here for free? Um, every kid that we spend time with is worth our time, yeah. first of all. And we, we had to re redefine what at risk kid at an at risk kid was. Mm -hmm. Every kid is at risk of sin. Mm. And sin doesn't discriminate in the world we live in. Mm. Every kid needs to hear the same message of the gospel. Oh, all right, Amen. guys, you can learn more about The Refuge by going to ncrefuge.org. That is ncrefuge.org. You can learn more about Sammy and Desta and their entire team. We're going to be here all week um, getting our toes stepped on. Okay. <laughs> Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.